So today, what we're going to explore is leveling up through denial. It's going to be great. I promise it'll make sense as we get going. So we're going to dive into Mark chapter 8, but a little bit of context of what's happening uh, in this passage. The disciples have been walking with Jesus for a while, and they're starting to comprehend who he is. The, the section just before what we're going to read is, is Jesus talking to his disciples saying, who do the crowds say I am? The crowds don't know. They just think he's this prophet guy who's really powerful, right? Like the Old Testament prophets. But then he asks his inner circle, his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter answers and says, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the Savior. Like they're starting to understand who he is. So from that place of understanding, Jesus drops into this conversation with his disciples. It says in Mark chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man, so he's talking about himself, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter, our friend from last week, took him aside and began to rebuke him. We love Peter for it. It says in verse 33, but when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So what's happening? Peter is walking just with the temporary on earth framework. He doesn't understand that Jesus is giving insight to what's to come. Part to like brace him. That was about to be really shocking, right? To see your Messiah crucified. I couldn't imagine being present in that moment. Like all my hope is put in this one and now he's getting crucified. What a shock to their system. So Jesus so gracefully decides to tell them and inform them. To which Peter's like, oh, no, no. Not on my watch. I think there was like a snap and a head roll going on. Jesus, you, I'm not going to let that happen to you. Right? I'm going to protect you. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. You're thinking just on terms that you see around you. But you don't understand that this moment by Jesus denying himself, moving in sacrifice, it was actually going to unlock eternity for all of creation for all of time right? So he's not walking with that understanding. This is what happens next. It says that Jesus calls the crowd to himself along with his disciples. So it's not just inner circle moment. He's like, everybody who wants to listen, all y'all come around here, come hang out. And he begins to say, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in the father's glory with the holy angels. Those are some level up statements deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me, lose your life. That's a big call that Jesus is communicating. 
We're going to unpack it today. Does that sound good? All right, before we dive in too deep, I just want to describe what a disciple is. This is a person who chooses to come under the submission of another, to become like them, right? So this isn't like, I just want to like half in, half out. Like a disciple is literally laying down everything that they are to become like the one that they're following. They're becoming an apprentice under this other one. So when we say, I'm becoming a disciple of Jesus, what we're saying is I want to look like you and walk like you and talk like you, and it's like a jungle book moment, right? Ooh, you guys remember that? (laughs) Right? There's a song. We can sing it, and we can look like Jesus and walk like Jesus and dance along the way. It's going to be great. So this is what a disciple is. But he says, to do this, to be a disciple, you must first deny yourself. Why? Because if I'm seated in myself, I can't be seated in him. The two can't exist at the same time. I have to get out of my own plans, my own future, my, 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 me, myself, myself, and I, and step into the destiny that God has for me to live in him. Right? Is this making sense? So this form of denial is a little different than culture, than we experience denial in culture, right? We see denial as avoidance or ignoring. It's literally one of the five stages of grief. Like, let's shove it under the rug and act like it doesn't exist. That form of denial actually disengages me from reality, right? I'm going to come live in my beautiful cocoon of that didn't happen, And it's not healthy or beneficial for us. But biblically, this word denial, let's look at the definition. It means to disown, to disavow, affirm having no connection with someone. To forget oneself, or my favorite part, lose sight of one's own interest. So when we're saying deny self, this is what it means. It's not... For the purpose of ignoring or avoiding. It's for the purpose of separating. And this is such an active word. I think sometimes in church, this process of denying self happens a little bit along the way, right? As I move closer to Jesus, as I move closer to the Lord, that just kind of falls off. It's why we can look back on our journeys of following him and like 10 years ago, the things I thought about and struggled with are different than today because I look a little more like Jesus than I did 10 years ago because I'm in pursuit of him, right? I grew up in the church, so this has always like, it's always been there in the back of my mind, like, yeah, it's like denying yourself. But what I see in this scripture is a command to actively pursue denying self. It's not passive. It's incredibly active and it's thoughtful. Is this making sense? So it's a thoughtful process that we're engaging with as we do this. So I, last year, lit a fuse under this journey of denying self without even really realizing it. I'm one of those that likes to start their year with like a word. I spend weeks, days, whatever it takes to come up with like a word or a phrase for my year. It helps me to just stay like anchored to my year, right? It gives me something to focus on. I love to achieve. 
So if I can have something to keep me focused, that's great. And I squirrel all day, right? Oh, that looks fun. Let's go do that, Jesus. And he's like, actually, we're working over here. So it helps me stay focused. So my process in this is I sit with the Lord and I pray and I just start asking questions like, what's on your heart? What's on my heart? Where are the pain points? Where are the growth points in my life that I really want to work on this year? And I spend time in prayer and in the word and, and whittle it down until I get a word or a phrase that I'm going to be anchored by for the year. So last year I started this process and I start praying uh, and these prayers start coming out of my heart of like, Lord, I want to walk in more oneness with you. I want to know your heart better. I want to be so connected with you that nothing can sway me, right? So this was the end of 2021. We just had two crazy years and I'm like, okay, things happened around me that derailed me a little bit. How do I not do that? So I was in pursuit of being like so rooted and grounded and on the foundation of who he is. Beautiful, right? Like, this is going to be great. This is going to be a great year. So my, my word came down to, well, my phrase landed with maneuver for change. And that word maneuver, as I started studying it, it's a very military-like word. It's strategic. It's intentional. It's not like, oh, I'm just like casually going for a stroll with Jesus and my life is changing. It's like I am focused and I'm moving and like reflexes are in check type of moment. That was the pursuit that I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're like focused in. What I did not realize was the first step of that process was the Lord putting mirrors on every side of me to expose what was internally happening in my life and in my heart, in my mind, and everything that I was doing. And I got to tell you, it was vulnerable. That first part of last year was incredibly exposing. I made a list of some of the things that the Lord stirred up because I think to give some, some foundation, maybe these are something that, that's happening in you. This is what the Lord found in me. Self-protection. I was doing things and making decisions and saying things to protect me. I was cocooning myself in a little place of safety. But what the Lord told me is if I'm moving in self-protection, he can't be my protector. I can't access intimacy in that way if I'm trying to protect myself. I'm like, okay, that's there, right? So it's like, don't defend yourself. Don't shoot back, don't, write all the things. Like, all right, that's a little rough. Here we go. Then he started showing me trauma. These places of unmended pain that I was living from and making decisions out of. It was just tucked away in there. Like, hey, that's still in there. You know what he told me? There's no trauma in him. So if I'm going to sit in Christ, trauma doesn't exist. It's not there. So he's like, if you're going to access this type of oneness with me, that trauma got to stay back, right? You can't bring that with you. Then he started showing me frustrations. And guys, I got to tell you, some of those frustrations were just things I had no control over. So it was just some frustrated to be frustrated. It was bizarre. It's like, this is silly. Why, why am I spending my time doing this? And I'm just all frustrated. And if I'm frustrated, I can't sit in the peace of God. I can't sit in his presence with that because there's no frustrations 
in his presence. So I was like, okay, that's, we're like exposing the layers. I'm like, Lord, do you, how many more mirrors do you have? He started showing me triggers. We love this word. I'm just triggered right now, so I'm going to need you to back up and stop what you're doing and cater to my brokenness, please, because I'm just triggered right now. I'm just triggered. I got to step away. Lord's like, excuse me, there's no triggers in me. They don't exist. And I'm, I'm the one that, like, when moments get tight, right, like you're sitting in a room and you're like, ooh, the things are happening. I'll just go, trigger, part because it's helping me pay attention to it of, like, you have a chance to get triggered right now or not. So triggers, he showed me triggers. He showed me where gossip was winning And I had masked it as processing. I just need to process this real quick, but really I need to talk crap on the people I love so I can feel validated in my response to that moment. And I was like, oh, okay. So he was like, I'm going to challenge you. Come and process with me. Have the messy dialogue and the safety of my presence. Then go to your inner circle of accountability and have that discernment check. Hey, so I sat with Jesus and I worked this out and this is where I landed. Does this, does your spirit like align with this, right? Because we don't want to just be all up in our own self and crazy and that'll take you down a road of chaos. We need each other. We need those discernment checks, but I don't need to word vomit on you because it means something's missing in me. So he hit me on that one. He started talking to me about emotions. And I was like, what, Lord? Like, emotions are neutral. It's what you do with them. And he was like, are they? Some emotions are straight from the pit of hell, and you just tell them no. They're not for you. Don't participate in them. You don't don't get to have them because in me, emotions exist, but there's a separation of them a little bit. So the alignment to the things that are only of him, right? Because some emotions are just lying to me and telling me that the reality of living in Christ isn't real. This is the greatest trick of the enemy right now is getting the church to think that being in Christ isn't accessible, but it is. He started showing me places that I was seeking affirmation. I need this from you. And if I don't get it, I feel empty and depleted and permission to lash out. You guys okay? (laughs) I was not okay as all these mirrors were getting set in front of me. I'm like, this is in there? Are you kidding? Like, what? Like, Lord, you're showing, like, all my stuff. What's happening? And a part, like, I don't want to make a joke of it because I was like, man, like, my heart broke. I don't want that in there. That's not beautiful. That's not funny that's not good like god i want i want whatever the road is that is going to strip this from me then he showed me places where i was only seeking comfort unwilling to do the hard thing which then put a little extra fuel under this process of self-denial he showed me parts of my identity i'm putting it in air quotes because it was false identities that i had just picked up right? How many personality gifts tests, um, right? Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, all these things, right? I'm an ABC. I don't even know the 
the letters to it. I do know I, I tested and I'm an eight on the Enneagram, which I was very upset about. I was like, eights are mean. They're abrasive. Am I abrasive? And Lord's like, sometimes. Girl, you need to chill. And I had to look at that and not just say, oh, it's just because of my eightness. He's like, actually, some of that is brokenness and a response to stuff that you haven't dealt with. And I need you to put it down. Because there's no abrasive in my kingdom. Right? There's a hard line in his kingdom, but it's so filled with love. It's different. So I had to face that. I had to be willing to put all those places of identity back on the table and say, like, what is actually you? What is from you? What is the elements that you crafted me to be? And where is it not? What do I need to put down? Then he showed me, like, the little things that seem insignificant, but all they do is deter you from being able to live in his fullness. Right? How do you spend your rest days? How, what books are you reading? What do you do in your free time? What do you let your mind think about before you go to bed? Like these things that he was like, they're little. They seem insignificant, but they can be monumental if you'll submit them to me. So he showed me this great long list, friends. Anybody, anybody on the same page? Like, oh, there's still some of that stuff in there. Some cleaning out needs to happen. And he asked me to step past what culture was doing in the examine. Society has gotten really good at finding the brokenness. But then what we do is we put a rule book together of how you're supposed to live in life with me and my brokenness. And here's all the things that I need you to do to cater to this because I'm not changing. This is who I am. Lord's like, "Uh uh-uh, not if you're going to be in me. Because in me, there's no brokenness. There's no triggers. There's no trauma. There's no fear. There's no doubt. There's no insecurity. There's only wholeness. So if I want that, remember where all this started? If I want that, I have to choose every step of the way to walk that road. And so I was like, okay, Lord, I'm willing I'm willing to do this. And I had to take it one step at a time. And most of this, guys, if, you, if any of those resonated with you and you're like, but where do I even start? Most of it started with just restraint. We've been given a spirit of self-control. Use it. It's our friend. Use that. We all have it, but are we going to use it? So he asked me to exercise that self-control. And a lot of it looked like just kind of dialing it back in. Don't defend yourself. Don't react. Don't respond. Check with me before you make a decision. Loop around and then check back with me again again because that one was still not from a healthy place. Okay, I got to loop back. Change my mind about that, right? Be willing. Be willing to walk this road. And I said, okay, I'm willing to do this. Let's take this one step at a time. And guys, I thought as I was cruising through the year, I was like, doing okay. I'm like, all right, I'm not defending myself as much. I'm not snapping back, all these things. But you know when it like rains, it pours type of moment. And when one thing starts unraveling, you just watch it. Boom, 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 boom. Like all these things around you start to happen. And I hit that moment fall of last year where it was so tight. 
I can't even tell you that every single one of the things that the Lord was exposing in my heart through last year was getting pressed upon. Because what he does is he, he puts these moments of test before us to actually see, did I change? Did I transform? Right? These moments of difficulty aren't necessarily to just, God's not sitting up there going like, <laughs> watch him try and get through this one. He's like, watch them. They're refined. They're going to react differently. Well, I didn't. So I was in this moment of tension, and I am like full unravel. So I go home, right? I, I held it all in all day, and I get home, and I'm just like, Lord, this hurts, which landed me on my face in my bedroom like ugly cry. And I do not pry, cry pretty. I turn beet red. I've got those like purple veins, splotches all over my face. It's just messy, and I am full mess with Jesus going, God, this hurts. Denying myself hurts. It hurts so bad. It literally, the best way I can describe it, I'm so dramatic. I feel like I'm being skinned alive <laughs> as you're taking these layers off of me. And I'm in this moment, just full tantrum on the floor, and I became aware of his presence. You know, like he's always there, but those moments where you become aware and you feel that shift because you acknowledge him, I felt that shift. I felt comfort come back into that space. And so sweetly, I heard him whisper to my heart, babe, it doesn't have to hurt like this. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, come again. I thought I was like walking this road of self-denial and it's supposed to be painful and here I sit and ouch, right? I'm dying to myself. Death is painful, right? He was like, actually, no. And I was like, okay, still working on frustration. I definitely had a little bit of frustration rise up in that moment. Like I'm frustrated because if, if there's a way that it doesn't have to hurt like this, can I do that? So I start asking questions. How? How? Tell me, tell me what's off? What's messed up in this process? You know what he told me? He said, it only hurts this bad because it's still about you. <laughs> really? So I made the journey of denying myself still about me? How did I manage that? And he showed me every single one of the list that I read to you, right? The, trigger, the triggers, the trauma, the, all the stuff is rooted in the same thing, a spirit of self. It's all about me. I'm moving from my own intentions and motives and plans, and I'm not moving in fullness being seated in him. So I was like, okay, Lord, I like, if I can tell you how quickly I changed my tune of complaining to repentance, that was a quick switch that I flipped. I was like, all right, Lord, I'm so sorry. I do not want this, right? Remember where the year started. I want to walk in oneness with you. That is the cry of my heart, but I've got some stuff that's in the way and it's preventing this. And I'm recognizing and I'm realizing, okay, Lord, like, how do I fix this? What do I do? Like, was this entire year for waste? And he's like, no. It's amazing what he can do through our brokenness. No moment of that journey was wasted because he was doing stuff through it, even though it was still rooted in me. He's still moving. He's still changing me. 
right? So we don't, have to, we don't have to be fearful of like, oh my God, am I doing this from the right spirit? I don't know. We just get to walk the road and let him reveal it as it comes. But in that moment, as I began to pray and I began to shift and turn to him in a different way, I felt a breaking of myself shift. Guys, it was like the heaviness lifted from that moment. The pain left. The weight of it left. Joy. If I could tell, like, I just started laughing. Like, genuine gut laughing of, man, I haven't felt joy in this process in a minute. I was excited again to walk this denying myself journey. I started experiencing his presence in a different way in that moment. But guys, something was breaking off as I was like, okay, I've, I've seen it. I acknowledge it. Lord, let's do this. Let's transform this. But I did. I had a choice in that moment. And I have to tell you, you know those moments in your life that you look back on and you're like, I had no idea how significant that was. But it changed my life. And then there's the moments that you're like, I know this is significant and I know this is about to change everything. That was one of those moments. That it was like I was watching myself experience this moment going, this is going to change everything. And it did. Right? Because this journey of denying self began when you said yes to Jesus and it won't stop until you're standing face to face with your maker. And there's layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. And I recognized in this moment, this was a layer deep that he was showing me. He was showing me a different way that wasn't going to be rooted in me. So from this moment, absolutely rocked with Jesus. I said, okay, how do I continue to walk this road with you? Like, I don't want to go back to the ways that I was doing this before. Like, how do I stay in this posture with you? And do you know what he said? You just choose it. Thank you for that. Right? The things of God aren't complicated. He doesn't add 74,000 hurdles for you to jump through to be a follower of Jesus. He put one before you, and he's like, just deny yourself. Let's go. This is all it takes. It takes a choice. Me laying down on the altar of myself and being a sacrifice to him. Living from this posture. Recognizing the difference. And guys, I started to notice a change. So that prayer at the beginning of the year of like, I want to walk in more oneness with you. I started to experience it in a new way. Like, oh, this is... This is what it looks like to be more connected to you, right? There's always more of experiencing his presence. And it, I touched that. I started to access it. I saw his mission more clearly. You know how things are jumbled of like, should I do this? Should I do that? I don't know. What does Jesus want me to do? It was like the clarity cut through because it wasn't rooted in me. It was from him. There's clarity in this. I began to notice that my needs decreased. We all have needs and we're created to live in relationship with each other. But you know those needs that are from a place of lack? Like if I don't get this from you, I'm going to feel depleted. Those left. Because being in him, there's only fullness. And then these moments of affirmation and encouragement are just overflow on top of that. It's not pouring into an empty cup. 
an empty vessel. I started to see love change. This, I, he's still unraveling this one in my heart and I'm excited to see where it goes. But when love isn't through the filter of self, what? It's so different. It's so beautiful. It's rocking my life right now to receive from that space and then love in a different way. I feel like this shift is changing the way I'm able to love the people around me. That distorted lens is gone and joy is increasing. The things that used to exhaust me are energizing me because it's not rooted in self. It's in him and in him there's only hope and life and beauty. I'm starting to make sense of that Hebrews 12 moment where it says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning at shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the Father so that we can have hope and not grow weary. That's what the getting out of self means and this awakening of joy because the pressure is not on me. I get to just be in him and live in this space. When you choose to deny yourself, to forget your own interests, you come alive in him. There's life and life more abundantly, and it is such a different life and experience, and I believe that there's so much more road to this in my life, that I'm going to walk the layers of this in such a different way, but what I've learned over the last year of like honing in on this and focusing in on it is that it's a choice. I have to choose every day if I'm going to move from my spirit or from his, right? If I want to move in myself or do I want to align everything that I am to him and live and operate from that place? And it's continuous. I love Luke's version of this section because he adds the word daily. So if there's any question about it, there's arguments that this is like a one-time thing. You deny yourself once and you're good. This isn't salvation, This is the walking out of the fruit of our salvation is this process. This is what this is. So I'm not a one and done like, oh, I denied myself once. I'm good. Check. I'm going to, I'm going to turn this wheel in my heart over and over and over again. And I'm expectant for God to take this to deeper layers of my life. And I'm excited for it. And the last thing that this does is it completely changes how I carry my cross. The second part of that verse is deny yourself, pick up your cross. We could talk an entire series about what that means, the depth culturally of what the cross meant, like a criminal's death. So when I am dead to myself and I'm picking up this call to carry the cross, it means I'm preparing to be shamed, mocked, potentially killed. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he knew that some of them would die a martyr's death in the very near future. This is what we're saying when we're saying yes to this denying self. Is this road and this walk. I'm saying yes to carrying this symbol of the gospel on my shoulders every day. I'm ready at any point to just release it. Right? By denying myself and picking this up, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be a messenger of this promise. This is what taking up your cross means. And guys, I'm telling you, 
that by denying ourselves, it's why it comes first, is it changes how we carry our cross. I love the body of Christ, but we are in process as well. Have you ever experienced a moment in a ministry setting that felt icky? It might have been rooted in self. Right? And, and when, when that denial of self isn't happening, the brokenness is going to seep through and it's going to be evident. It's going to affect our, our impact on the world around us. So when we don't discipline ourselves, when we don't lean in and say like, okay, Lord, I know that I've got stuff that I need you to work on. I know that there's, there's still a me in there and I need to refine myself and I need to walk this road with you. We're not going to be as effective. And guys, when... When I haven't died to self, that, that self-protection one unraveled in my heart. Because if I'm protecting me and God tells me to do something crazy for him, I'm going to delay obedience. I may not even ever step in. I'm resistant to the things of God because I'm all in me. But if I'm a dead man walking for Jesus, I'm ready to run. He's finishing his sentence and I'm up and taking off. And that is my prayer for my life, for your lives, that we don't resist the things of God because we're all caught up in ourselves. If I want to be in him, I have to get out of myself and step in that. And then I get to live in the reality of if it's not in Christ, it's not in me. So all the goodness of him, I get to live and dwell in that. And the junk gets to be left behind. This is what's on the table for us as children of God. Are we willing to rock this process? I'm going to invite the band uh, to come back up. When we deny ourselves, the rest of this passage becomes so clear. Right? I'm losing my life to find it in him. It's, it's the upside-down understanding of the kingdom. It's exactly who he is. It doesn't make sense, but it's so real and it's so true that when I lay me down, I access everything that I was willing, that everything that I was created for, that he's willing for my life. I said that backwards. He's willing it for us. He created us to live in this. Are we going to say yes to walking this road and accessing it? But it takes some element of refinement. And guys, culture is telling you to deny everything except yourself. It, culture is telling you don't like, oh, just keep you and all your brokenness and everything will be fine. But what God is speaking to our hearts today is if we're willing to deny ourselves and lay that down, how much comes alive? Guys, that moment last fall that I had with the Lord, one of the greatest shifts was I stopped seeing what was being taken off and I started seeing what was being uncovered in the process. And I saw elements of how he created me to live, pieces of identity that I hadn't seen before. And if all I'm going to do is look at what I'm shedding and not look at what I'm beholding, what a bummer of a walk that is, how painful that is. So we're going to take some time this morning and have a little bit of a conversation with Jesus. 
to ask the question, Holy Spirit, where am I moving from myself? Where is that spirit of self active and speaking louder than the reality and the truth and what I can access of being in you? So let's close our eyes and ask this question to him. Holy Spirit, where am I moving from a spirit of self? Go ahead and ask that with him and listen. Be willing to let him reveal it. And as he's showing them, just take a second to turn away from it. Like a little moment of repentance, guys. Apologize to your Savior for moving in yourself and not in him. with your Savior, ask him, what does it look like for me to align back to you? He's a good Papa, and he'll show you exactly what to do. Father, I thank you that you create space for us to change. I feel like there's more layers. Right now, I speak to the resistance of our hearts and I say fall right now in the name of Jesus. If this is resonating in your heart, would you be bold enough to stand, to present yourself before him and acknowledge, hey, I've got some of myself left. I said that we gotta sit in this for a second, that there's an engagement with his presence. We're not just gonna check the box of, oh, we sang the song and let's move on. That there is a giving over of ourselves that he's asking right now. There is a surrendering of us that he is asking for the purpose of unlocking mission in us. I feel that there is, and I'm sensing people in here who have been struggling with suicidal thoughts because they have no purpose, they have no meaning. That there is a false mirror in front of you telling you you don't matter. And as you boldly stand right now, as you step in and lay down self, that is falling off of you. Present yourself before him. Father God, right now, I thank you for moving on the hearts who want this, who want to walk in this connection with you. I hear him speaking to the men in the room saying you have fought to be provider and he's asking you to set that down he is provider that's who he is as sons of God will you put down the weight of provision 
providing for your families? Will you set that down? It's restricting your access to oneness with him, to encountering him as provider. I thank you right now for blessing every man in this room to surrender that right now. Jesus' name. 